Before we get started with the show today, I want to let everyone know about our new merchandise store available at www.messystudiopodcast.com. There you can find uh, hats, t-shirts, leggings. Um, We got some really cool stuff there for you guys. Everything you buy uh, helps to support the show, um, and uh, it's a great conversation piece. You can let other people know about the podcast. Um, be able to recognize each other in public when you meet another fan. So uh, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and check out the merch store. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, we are talking about studio struggles. As artists, we accept many day-to-day challenges as part of the creative process. Even though we feel frustrated at times, we know that problem solving is how we grow and achieve our goals, and it can bring great satisfaction. But some studio struggles are much more difficult and soul-wrenching. Many artists at entry level experience times of defeat or despair that go beyond daily frustration and lead to self-doubt and lack of clarity and motivation. Today, we talk about creative blocks and the emotional challenge of this aspect of our creative lives. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, this is something we all know on some level that these kind of difficult struggles are essential to the creative process. Um, We have these cycles that we go through, like so many things, that there's the time when you know, we're flowing, we're working, everything's, we're being able to express our ideas. And then there are times when we're incubating or percolating or there's something going on, but it's under the surface and it often feels like nothing is happening. And these are transitional times. Um, They are signs that we're growing and changing in our work. But even when we know intellectually that this is the pattern it seems like something that has to be relearned <laughs> over and over um, every time. We just lose sight of it when things are more productive. And I was casting about for a, a topic for this episode, and this one was staring me in the face because I've actually been going through some of this lately in the past few months. And so I'm going to you know, tell you a story about that and... Um, decided that I would just share what I've been going through. So in my personal life, what's been happening is that I had this exhibit in Chicago in the summer in July, and I had a short time to produce the work for that show. And it was an amazing month, five weeks or so in June when I I had just been in Greece and in May. And all this stuff that was coming out of me from that time in Greece. It was just flowing. I mean, it was amazing. I just was painting every day and doing work that I was really happy with. And it was a great feeling. And some of that, some of those ideas and things continued once the show was over. And I was still in Wisconsin. Right now I'm in New Mexico, but I was still back in Wisconsin for the summer. And you know, still kind of following some of these ideas, and it was still going pretty well. But when I came out to New Mexico in late October, I was having trouble getting going again. I feel like, uh, and since then, I feel like I've kind of lost those ideas that were so inspiring for a while. And it's been frustrating, to say the least. (laughs) 
and I was talking to my friend Cindy, who lives out here, and about it, and she commented that it's easier to follow ideas that are exciting on a path when you're not getting a lot of other outside input. And that maybe the reason I'd kind of lost this thread was because I came to New Mexico, where there's so much input from the surroundings. I mean, the landscape here is really spectacular. And it sort of demands some kind of presence in my work. And so these ideas that were kind of coming out of this Greece experience no longer seem, I don't seem connected to them. And then I'm also working on an exhibit I've mentioned a couple times that is in response to the work of Seamus Heaney, the Irish poet. So I think right now I just have too many things going on. And this these different threads have become a tangle. <laughs> And I haven't quite found my way out of it. Uh, I do recognize it as a transitional time and a time to integrate various ideas. I feel like I'm starting to pull out of it. And I've been thinking a lot about this. And so I thought, you know, this is specific to me in this moment in my work. But I came to some ideas that I could sort of generalize and share and maybe help other people that are going through this sort of thing. Um, and that's what you know we want to talk about today, hoping these will be helpful. So um, the first thing I'd like to point out is what I just went through, which is recognizing the problem, trying to, to pinpoint what's going on. You can, you know, in my case, I was feeling this kind of general anxiety or sadness or lack of motivation. I didn't really know what it was from. I didn't even connect it to my work at first. And once I did, it was kind of like, oh, okay, this is our work, my work, anyone's work who's serious about it. This is a huge part of our lives. And if it's not going well, and I think in my case, I was kind of trying to talk myself out of the fact that it wasn't going well and thinking, oh, you know, it's okay. Um, but it wasn't going well. And it was affecting my mood. It was affecting a lot of things. And it's hard, like a lot of problems that go on in our lives, it's, sometimes it's hard to see what it is when you're right in the middle of it. Because if you tend to rationalize things or say, yeah, there's this little problem, but I don't think it's a big deal kind of thing. <laughs> well, actually, it was a big deal. And as soon as I kind of recognized it for what it was, things things have been better. So um, I guess to kind of go into that a little bit deeper, the, the whole idea that our creative flow or non-flow is definitely a part of our state of mind. You know, anybody that works every day or more or less every day in their studio, it's huge. Well, and I think that our kind of existence in social media and our interactions with other people force us into a, a state of denial about what's going on. Uh, uh. And sometimes it's we get so used to telling people, oh, yeah, everything's going great. You know, I got <laughs> this going on or that going on. And we don't really do a kind of introspection into what's actually going on. And is it actually going the way we want it to? And um are there things that we actually need to change or address in order to fix it? Yeah, that's a really good point about, you know, th that is something new in our lives, the social media presence. And 
it's it's also a part of how we project professionally. You know, it's it's somewhat difficult to admit that things are not going well. <laughs> right. If you have a persona, whether it's on social media or professionally or in any sense, um, you know, with your galleries or whatever it is, it's this whole thing of, yeah, everything's fine. Why do you ask, you know? <laughs> so uh, that's, that's a hard step. I mean, honestly, this is a hard topic for me to talk about publicly because like a lot of artists, I like to project the idea that everything's always fine, <laughs> but it's not the case. So uh, when you're in this introspective mode and saying, okay, I acknowledge that this is a problem, and I think there's some things to ask yourself when you get to that point. And one of them is, am I simply bored with my work? Um, am, things gotten a little stale, and that's why I'm becoming blocked. In my own case, this wasn't, this isn't true, because I had, mine was kind of the opposite. I had too many things coming at me. But this can definitely stall you. If you're just routinely doing the same type of work over and over, and it can creep up on you that you're actually not that excited about it anymore. Um, and like I said, in my case, it's sort of too much input, too too hard to integrate all these things. So maybe it's a matter of pick something. And that's what I'm trying to do is I decided that I'm going to focus on the work that I'm doing with the poetry with Seamus Heaney because a lot of his ideas and concepts can definitely work with being in this landscape here. He's all about dualities and contrast, and there's so much of that here. Um, another question, though, is what am I afraid of? Is something causing me fear here? And again, relating this to the thing that I've been going through, I think I was afraid or am afraid of losing what I had going earlier in the summer where things were really clicking, um, what those ideas were about, and they're somewhat different than what I'm working with now. So being a little bit afraid of losing that thread, which was pretty exciting, and rationally, I know that it's still there. It's going to come back. It's part of what I'm learning, and now it's an integrating uh, stage where I'm going to weave that thread in with some others. Uh, another question is, um, what am I resisting? And this kind of related to the last one, but if something is kind of knocking at the door, uh, and this is a generalization, what what is that for you? Is there something that's calling you that you're saying no to? And that can definitely cause block. So, all these questions about resistance and fear, they're in there. I mean, they. I think anytime we're blocked and stalled, there's some element of that there. And of course, the solution is to let things flow, let things develop as they will and kind of trust that they will. But this is, <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, but I think, again, bringing things to light, recognizing what the problems might be is pretty helpful. And I think for me, recognizing that I was idealizing this time of flow that I had in the summer and saying, this is how it should always be, and and now encountering some difficulties, it, it's kind of paralyzing. And 
it helps. It has helped me to just see that as a process. And the the second thing that I want to bring up to consider when you when you have these times is issues about your inner critic. And I think these come out more strongly whenever you're struggling with anything. And these could be more minor problems or these major ones. Anytime we're stuck on something, many people encounter critical voices in their heads. And so I think trying to figure out, well, who are these people that are saying these things? Or where did these voices come from? And kind of relates to that whole thing of what are we afraid of. But you mentioned social media. And I think those social media voices can get in there. Um, it's certainly something that artists in the past didn't have to deal with. <laughs> so usually people on social media are not critical. They usually say, give you likes and like the painting and wonderful and all that stuff. But you're still aware of that audience, I think. And you're aware that you want to be showing them things that you feel good about on a regular basis. And so if you're not coming up with those things, there's a little bit of a, there's sort of a Greek chorus in the background, you know, sort of commenting on, oh, we haven't seen anything lately, you know. <laughs> so th there is a presence if you're involved in social media that can be a little bit distressing. Um, I guess the thing to recognize is, you know, how important is that really? It's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not really that important. It's just simply something we become accustomed to engaging with, but you can you can always draw back from that. And there isn't there is no need to post work that you're not feeling great about, uh, just to keep the, you know, just to keep your foot in. Um, transitional work is often not the best work because you are trying to figure things out. So other sources of these voices, um, a lot of people have instructors, um, former teachers or current teachers in their heads. And I think what's true for any teacher-student relationship is the teacher knows you in one form. They, they know, unless you've worked with them for a long, long time, they kind of have a limited view of what, what you do, what you're about. And so whatever they have said to you in the past – or in the present is perhaps not the full picture. And, you know, they struggle with their own stuff too. And, you know, speaking as an instructor, we always come from a place of our own work as well. It's, it's hard to avoid. We can be very objective. We can be as honest as possible. But if you have critical voices in your head that come from instructors, understand that, you know, maybe you're striking out on a whole new path and whatever they have to say about it isn't that relevant. You're allowed to change and you're allowed to try new things and you're allowed to have bad work in the process. <laughs> so those kind of instructional voices may or may not be relevant. If you feel like they're too critical, let's try to say, hey, I'm onto something different now and you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I think it's important to realize that teachers are people too. Absolutely. Um, we, we tend to kind of build them up in our, in our minds as, as their opinions being extremely relevant and, 
Uh, not that they're not relevant. Um, you should respect your teachers just like you would any other expert who you're consulting. Um, but at the same time, they're people too. They have emotional responses to things. They have bad days. Um, and, uh, and it's important to not, um, not, not turn them into, into people who are bigger than they are. Right. And, and some instructors are highly opinionated and rather forceful. And this can definitely, you know, impact your inner state of mind. Another source of those voices in your head no matter how old we are, can be parental. They can be things that we were told young at younger stages in our life that cause us self-doubt. And again, just the same things we said about instructors. Our parents are people too. And even if we know rationally things they may have said to us that were not supportive, we have to say, you know, don't give that a huge amount of credit. Look at what you have accomplished. Look at what you do and try not to pay too much attention to those. But it's in these times when we are experiencing self-doubt that some of these negative things that we think we've conquered can possibly reappear. Another source of these voices are people that, you know, you're, you know, your, your art friends, your people in your circle of friends will sometimes say things that stick in your head that are uh, not very helpful. And they may even be positive comments like, I really like uh, your work when you do this or that. <laughs> like Maybe they're referring to a time before you went through some changes. And again, you know, all these, all these voices, you just have to kind of say, back off, I'm trying to figure something out here, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but the voice that is often the most difficult to deal with is your own voice. And, you know, saying, why can't I figure this out? What's going on? Why why am I stuck? Those are good questions. But if they're said in a critical way, as critical of yourself, they can definitely stall you and hold you back. And I think to that one, I mean, I guess I feel like we all need to give ourselves a lot of credit for doing this stuff at all, that this constant creative output is very difficult. It's really hard, and we're all going to have times when we, when we, when we get stuck or we're not on that. The train is not going forward. It's a bit derailed, <laughs> and that's okay. It's just a part of the process. But like I said, I think that voice can be the hardest one because every day you wake up and think, oh, no, what's going to happen today? And I don't know if I can do this, and this is just not going well. And you can really talk yourself into a hole. So um, I guess the third point I want to make is that these times of being blocked or being somewhat drained of energy or ideas, they, um, they are times that are important. There are times of incubation, um, gestation, actually kind of a special time. You know, the, and the, and it it evolves, and I'm going to say time a lot in this, but it evolves in its own time. There's a there's an inner logic to this, and to some extent, you have to go with it and say things will happen again once I've gone through this process, and just kind of acknowledging that, and and you have to be patient with it, which is really hard. And 
when it's the hardest probably is when you have some sort of deadline coming up. And I'm going to talk about deadlines a little bit more in a minute. Even if you have something that you need to produce, you may find that taking some time away and you end up being more productive when you come back. So maybe even in the midst of uh, or need a need to produce work, if it's not going well, say, I'm going to take the day off and go to some art galleries or go to a museum or something, go talk to someone. And, you know, those kind of breaks might be breakthroughs, really. I mean, you might find your way. Um, with my own story, I've been doing this and just saying, I'm not going to go to the studio today. I'm going to take a long walk or I'm going to go up to Taos and look at some art or something. And it it feels like it, it's all been part of the process of working through this. As I said, I've, I've, I think I'm coming out the other end of it now, but for about five or six weeks now, it's been a difficult time. So understanding, I guess, the point that we don't have to bang away at this every single day. You know, we can step back from it and that there is a an aspect of patience, of trust, belief that you're going to get through this, which is hard. And then I, I wanted to say a bit more about what, if you happen to be under pressure at this moment when you're going through this, this is really hard. If you have deadlines or you have people demanding things of you at the same time that you're not feeling good in the studio, this can be difficult it increases that feeling of sort of desperation that the work isn't going well and you have all these people uh, or situations or commitments that are hanging there demanding that you figure this out and maybe you're not ready for it. So I think in that situation, taking a look at are there things you can dial back on? Um, certainly anything new that comes your way, um, if it's in the immediate future, I think the best thing is to uh, put that aside, say, I can't do it right now. Look at things that are taking up your time and focus right now that are kind of extraneous, that maybe you like them, maybe they're interesting, but they're also distracting. Um, stepping back a little bit from self-promotion, and I mentioned this in relation to social media, um, and if a gallery comes at you with something and wants you to send them new work, I think you have to be kind of honest and say, I don't have that new work right now. You know, I'll let you know when I do. And I just need some time um, developing some new things or whatever. Uh, that said, I mean, some people respond well to pressure and knowing there's a deadline can sort of jolt you out of these times and, and give you a little kickstart. It, it's kind of funny in my own process when I look at it, <laughs> it seems like when, when I'm not meeting deadlines, I'm more likely to have these transitional times. It's almost like part of me knows that, okay, I can take, I could take this time now to go inside a little bit more and figure out what I'm doing. Uh, and when I have a deadline, I'm more likely to just 
I, I don't know, it's a whole different state of mind. I'm producing. But um, everybody goes through these things differently. Everybody has their own sort of rhythm and process, and it's it's a good thing to recognize what your own is. <laughs> so uh, in a way, I'm grateful for this time that I do have a show coming up, but I feel fairly prepared for that one already. I did a lot of that work before I came out here. And, you know, it's, it is kind of like, okay, I can, I can go through this now because I don't have too many demands on my work. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to mention was taking a look at where you get your ideas, where you, what you, what are your sources? Because a lot of times these incubation times or these gestation times are when you are developing new things, new ideas, and they may be under the surface. They're usually beneath your awareness, your conscious awareness. How can you access them? How can you move this process along by understanding where these ideas are coming from and what they might mean to you? Sometimes they come through in a some sort of a quick form, uh, spontaneous way. For example, um, little small quick paintings. That's kind of how they work for me is little paintings that I do on paper that happen in a few days. Uh, might be for you sketches, um, photography, uh, anything that you do more or less quickly and spontaneously without a lot of process involved can be a way to access things that are percolating in there. Um, you know, early on I said something about sometimes we're blocked because we're sort of bored with our work. There's something stale about it. So this is a good time to invite in something new. Um, we did a podcast a few weeks ago about kind of um, other using other media and this besides your main one and what this can bring to you. And this is a good thing to try. You know, if you haven't tried, say, um, 3D work and you're you're a painter, maybe fool around with some little things that, you know, just for play, to come at it with an attitude of play, to work in other media, to work quickly in your own medium, um, and and sort of pay attention, see what might emerge. And these are, this is a good way to find some new ideas, some new sources. Also to look at things that you've done in the past, your older work. Uh, we all have things that we we hit on briefly. We say, oh, that's kind of interesting, but we didn't develop it. You know, we didn't go beyond the novelty of it. And looking at some of those things, I think that's also very interesting and a way to perk up something that might be stale or boring about your current work to you. And, you know, it's all coming from you. It's just part of you that you didn't pursue at the time. And maybe it's maybe the time is now. Um, another idea is just set yourself a challenge. Like one of the ways that we get stuck in our work is we do the same things habitually. And again, it gets back to being a little stale or or you know, predictable in your work. So what's what's very predictable in the way that you approach your work? Would it be interesting to cast that aside for a little while. <laughs> Let's say you rely heavily on bright color. Um, just 
play, just try a few things where you're not using the bright color. Or the opposite, if you're always very earthy, you know, try some things that are brighter. And it's all part that you're feeding, you're feeding your creative flow. It's all part of it. Even if it feels like, oh, wait a second, I'm I'm I want to be focusing on how to move my current work into a new level. This may feel like a side trip, but it can really be what you need. Um, sometimes even a workshop and something that is not what you do can uh, break through something. So those are all ideas about blocking times of being stuck. Uh, some of them I have used myself and some I haven't. Uh, we all have our own path through this. But I would say the ones that I haven't used, I've seen other people use to good effect. And they were their personal choices. So do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Sure. Yeah. Um, it seems whenever I talk about these cycle things, like we had one, we had a podcast about the ebbs and flows of the kind of uh, economic flows or flows of recognition. And then there's times when you're not having that. <laughs> yeah. And this is closely linked. This is like, there's such there's so many cycles in our lives as artists and there's such a uh <laughs> we have to accept them and work with them and yet they always seem difficult it always seems like oh really oh, how, why is this happening <laughs> you know <laughs> even if we've been through it before uh so i suppose the awareness of it is is all about all we can do um we do tend to feel somewhat isolated and alone when we go through these things. But I hope that, you know, by sharing my own struggle and knowing that other people go through this is helpful and that some of these ideas will be helpful. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.